0: CJ um, hearings. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
1: And thank you very much for for asking me, and thank you very much for the for the indispensable work that the uh, electronic data winds up doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank, you, thank so you so much, much. Michael. The
2: time now is 7 p.m. Stay tuned for Off the Hook, coming up here on WBAI New
3: York, 99.5 FM, and WBAI.org Online. Stay tuned. This is Telecom Mongolia. Telecode has been changed. Please call.
0: Thank you for listening to Off the Hook.
3: good evening to our program is Off the Hook, I'm I who will seeing with you on this Wednesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Correct. On Skype land, we have Rob. Good evening. Uh, we have Gila. Good evening. And we have Alex.
1: Good evening, everyone.
3: Well, um, okay, you know, um, uh, this is going to be interesting, uh, because uh, as you know, uh, we talk about all sorts of issues in the hacker world. Uh, on a weekly basis, things going on in, in, in various uh, uh, forums. Uh, and uh, today's going to be a doozy, because uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that we're involved in uh, a, a little bit. Today is the day that uh, tickets for our 15th Hackers on Planet Earth conference officially went on sale, and it did not go well. We always said we'd be honest, and uh, we are honest when it comes to the good things and the bad things. Now, um, we've dealt with a lot. We've dealt with um, our, the hotel being torn down. It's a pile of rubble now. Actually, it's not even a pile of rubble anymore. It's just a vacant lot. We've dealt with a pandemic. We've dealt with all kinds of hardships and um, challenges over the years. And um, the last few, last few conferences have been a struggle because we've had to uh, uh, relocate people into a different borough, into a different environment, uh, onto a college campus instead of a hotel in Midtown. Uh, we've had to deal with um, um, having to cancel in 2020 in person and do the entire thing online. We've had to deal with uh, all sorts of um, of, of uh, Herculean tasks in just getting the thing to run in the first place. And this day... Traditionally, in in January, although um, uh, two years ago it was in February, uh, is the day that we open it all up to the public, and we um, it, it's kind of it's kind of like the starting pistol. It's kind of like where we all get started running down the road that leads to hope. And um, two years ago, we weren't sure what to expect because we were in a new location for the first time. We figured it would it would uh, probably be less of a response, and we were correct in that. It was about I'd say about half the response that we normally would get, which is fine, because we actually wanted a smaller crowd at the new location, so we weren't overwhelmed as we had been in the past, when when the crowds just got too big. So that's kind of what we were expecting today, and um, unfortunately, we got about half of what we got last time, which was about half of what we were used to, so... Yeah, you see, the the thing that kind of baffles us right now is that nobody was expecting this. And I'm not sure what the reason is. Now, it's possible. It's possible that we've become irrelevant. It's possible that we're not, um, you know, considered uh, one of the better hacker conferences anymore. That's You know, we have to open ourselves up to that possibility that something has changed. But... What's weird about that, that potential scenario, is that relatively few people said anything critical after the last time. I mean, there were critiques, there were complaints, just not very many, a handful. Out of all the people, I think maybe less than ten, that's all the attendees. And, and meanwhile, all kinds of accolades and, and, and compliments and compliments. Happiness that we found a new location at St. John's University. And so we planned this conference this year. Hope XV. Set for July 12th through 14th. Right? 12th through 14th, right? Okay. So many dates. Um, so, we, you know, we were expecting at least the same amount of, um, of response. So, okay. That's kind of weird right there. The other thing that all of us have noticed over the past few months is that there is almost no interaction in online communities, online um, uh, social media, no response. When you when you um, uh, tweet something out, if you even call it that anymore, you used to get people retweeting, responding, saying something. You don't anymore. Now, we know why. We know it's because Elon Musk had, you know, threw a hand grenade into the company Which is why we use Mastodon. Which is why we use Blue Sky. But those forums aren't doing much better themselves. I mean, they're new. They're fragmented. And not everybody has gone to the same one. So it's gotten so much harder just to communicate in the first place. So that could be something as well. Then there's our mailing list. We have um, a mailing list of about maybe... 6,000 or so people, people who have attended um, the conferences in the past and spoken at the conferences and, and volunteered and all that kind of thing. And we, um, we've emailed them a few times over the past couple of weeks with an- announcements saying when tickets are going on sale, when the call for presentation or participation rather has, um, is opening up, which also happened today. And we've gotten a number of reports from people. Who say they never got our emails. Because apparently Google has decided that mail from hope.net or 2600.com is by default spam. <laughs> so you can't reach people to tell them to read their mail because it went to spam if your mail to them goes to spam. You see the, the, the problem here. Now, I don't know how many people that affected. It was a significant number from from what we heard. So these these new challenges, these, these challenges that have nothing to do with us, are crippling communication and could be the reason why this unexpected result happened. Now, you know, I'm not saying this is something that's uh, irrecoverable. It is something that is unsustainable, though. We are not able to run a conference if we don't get a significant response from attendees. Obviously, you need the attendees to cover the costs. And, um, 2600, who, uh, uh, sponsors the, um, uh, the conferences and has been faced with all kinds of other challenges such as Amazon canceling all magazine subscriptions. 2600 being a magazine, in fact, hit kind of hard. Fortunately, we were able to, um, um, develop an online, a, a digital edition, a digital subscription to the magazine. It took the better part of a year. But we have a good system. We're proud of it. But doesn't bring in nearly as much as those Amazon Kindle subscriptions, at which all got canceled. So there are all these, all these other things that have nothing to do with anything we have done other than exist. You know, closing of bookstores all over the country, um, uh, rising paper costs and, 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 and shrinking distributor returns just one challenge after another and hope hope is well it's our hope <laughs> it's our hope for the future that that uh we can all get together and have this this um uh, massive gathering twice or once every two years rather and that kind of gets us out of the woods but now we're dealing with something unpredicted that is happening and um well, I just figured we should let people know and uh, not pretend, not pretend that everything is going great because, well, this is a challenge. It's something we weren't expecting, and we need to figure out how to fix it. We need to figure out if there is some kind of um, a technical issue, if there is something, some algorithm that is keeping us from being able to communicate with people, we need to be able to address that. And I think the worst thing we could do right now is just kind of, you know, whistle a nice tune and, and pretend everything is okay and and deal with challenges which are insurmountable. So, if a ton of people are are committed to coming to the conference, we can do all kinds of things. We can do amazing things. And if we don't have that, there's very little we can do. And that is, unfortunately, the reality of the situation. So, maybe it was just a bad day. But... Um, I figured we should just put it out there. Thoughts from anybody? Since I've uh, <laughs> I've stunk up the room with with this little bit of news.
4: I I remain hopeful. I remain hopeful because uh, I know that Hope over the years, you know, it started out. It was a very small event. Um, over the years, it grew. Then it uh, downsized a bit, and it's uh, it's in sort of a wobbly stage right now. But I know that the community of people at Hope um, are. One of the best crowds on this planet they are they have been amazing to be part of over the years and they are the ones who make the conference what it is and that's the people who present that's the people who uh, sign up to do things at hope and that's the people who attend and become part of it and uh, through through that I think there there is still a, a great community out there who wants to be part of this I think uh, I think people will um, I think more more people will are, are forthcoming. Um, I think it's just a matter of some time, and yeah, there there are so many barriers nowadays to simple communication. But uh, what we do here on this program and on this station, and uh, 2600 as a publisher, and everything everything we do is basically communication. We're good at that sort of thing, and we can keep doing so.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, communication is the key. It's, it's what we um, uh, are constantly uh, involved in, also uh, constantly bemoaning the lack of <laughs> in so many other parts of society, a lack of communication or just bad communication. Now, when you say that, um, that Hope is in a wobbly stage, uh, uh, you know, basically I just want to make sure uh, that we um, uh, give all credit that's due to all the volunteers who keep Hope going. I've never seen it as well organized as it was two years ago at St. John's. Um, we've been through so much, as, as, uh, as, as I pointed out a little while ago, with COVID, with uh, having to relocate. But um, what we have learned in those, uh, in those years, and, and this would be the first time in really six years, uh, assuming COVID doesn't come back again and, and, and make us all wear masks, uh, that we would have a normal conference. And, and we've been so looking forward to that ever since 2018. So um, it's um, to see what we can do in a new space, a new open space, um and 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 there is so much room for expansion there we could we can have a conference with 10 times as many people as what we were used to in the past do we want to do that no we don't want to do that because that's too many people but the point is we have the space to do things like that so it's a real shame if we have to actually um uh, downsize and, and and make the thing more limited when the potential is out there uh to um uh to do so much more go ahead alex
1: Sure. You know, Emmanuel, I can I can hear the concern, and and I in I your voice here, and and I and I I think it's uh, tainted with a little bit of sadness here too. But I I think hope has faced far greater challenges here. I don't think that the issue is uh, irrelevance for people going to other conferences. Based on my experience from two years ago, not even two years ago. I guess it's a year and a half ago now. Uh, with St. John's and Hope was that it was tremendously positive. People loved it. In fact, people with whom I had presented in 2020 have already reached out to me saying they want to submit an update to that presentation as a CFP for this year. There's a lot of people that I know that are excited about attending and a lot of people I know that are excited about presenting and excited about the venue. And so I, I think there's a tremendous amount of enthusiasm here. I don't think it's at all uh, time to, and I don't think you're doing this, but I don't think that we should uh, look at this in, in some kind of doomsday type manner. I think this is something that we, uh, we need to pull our collective resources together, and it's a surmountable obstacle. Uh, and I do think Rob is right, and I think you're right, Emmanuel, that this is a communications issue. You know, with Twitter having gone literally down the tubes here it's really hard to get the word out. That's primarily how people learned about these things. Everything else is so fragmented. Everything is, is federated in, in in a way, and it's very, very difficult for anybody to learn of anything of this magnitude. You know, one thing I'm thinking about is if Google is rejecting mail from 2,600 servers, maybe maybe when sending this out as a mailing list, maybe what we should do is use Google's own mail. You see,
3: you see, Alex, that is... Always, what they want you to do. They, if you have a problem with Google, use Google. That's, that's almost their 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 slogan now. And 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 we have gotten. Just to give you an idea. We have gotten advice from people uh, who want to help us get past this Google spam issue. They say, don't use words like hacker. You know, it's a hacker conference. It's a hacker magazine, it's a hacker radio show, you want us to stop saying hacker so that Google doesn't take offense and send us to spam. I mean, that is outrageous. That is absolutely incredible and what I'm, you know, I don't want to sound paranoid because we can't be 100% sure this is the, the actual cause of the problem. Again, it could be us and we have to recognize that. We could be, you know, past our prime or whatever. I've I've had these conversations, but but, uh, it it just goes to show you the control, the control that these companies can have over something as basic as speech. You know, Amazon can shut down magazines and make it impossible for people to get uh, even the New York Times on a Kindle anymore. All right. Uh, 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 Google can make it impossible for you to communicate with one person or another person or a whole bunch of people because if they don't approve of the way you send email or what you say in the email, they can simply block it. And what are you going to do about that? You know, we are just handing all of this control over to a very, very small part of society that is very, very powerful. And, you know, uh, assuming hope does survive, that's a great panel. And uh, I can promise you I'll be on that panel if we have it, if if we make it to July.
1: Look, I, I think that we will make it. We're going to make it. And my point is, I think, you know, you can always change your mail server records back to whatever the hell you want them to be after you send out the mail that goes out to Google. I mean, that's that, that's something simple. But I, I, I think we're going to get through this, and I think this is also an exhortation to all of the listeners, you know, that this is a great way of getting the word out through the radio, through a podcast, that, you know, we need your support in order to pull this off.
3: Uh, Gail, go ahead.
5: Um, just one really quick actionable suggestion um for the people who are hope hope participants hope attendees people who are on the list um who are also gmail users the best thing you can do is to whitelist all the addresses that you get these emails from whitelist hope at com, and those emails will not get put get not get sent to spam Hopefully.
3: Because yeah. <laughs> I've but
5: heard of, no, seriously.
3: I've heard of cases where that doesn't work as as intended or where it's not done correctly or or something like that. But yes, that's that's good advice. Problem is how do you get that advice to people who haven't done it? You know.
5: Absolutely. So, this is an action item. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this at some point in the future because you're catching the cached edition on the website, on the 2600 website on the WBAI website, Do this yourself, and then talk to five people you know who have gone to HOPE. The best way we can get people to talk, the best way we can get information out is if people talk to each other. No one is alone at HOPE. Talk to five people you've met. Make sure they're signed up. Mm -hmm. Make sure they've whitelisted the announcement email addresses, and then we can start some grassroots movement. That's my suggestion
3: sounds like hope actually <laughs> sounds exactly <laughs> like the conference itself but uh, g- good advice there go ahead Kyle
6: well I just wanted to um, point out how a lot of these solutions suggestions however we describe them boil they come back to us having to contort ourselves into fitting some standard of that that is that the the those in power sort of deem acceptable and the I really want to push against this behavior of uh, that we've been lulled into with service providers that they're so all powerful and benevolent and, and um, uh, um I guess standardized and, and accepted that it must be something that we're doing wrong or that um you have to, again, comply with something or reassess the way you'd been in the, uh, because of a technical change, and that they're to be trusted 100%. I mean, that that's never been our stance, but it's it's so common. People think, well, because it's this idea, this brand of a corporation in their head, that they're not actually wielding power and, and making it impossible to communicate. And the last thing I wanted to um, share is something that we kind of talked about was in um, preparing here is that, it's a lot of um, change in the social and other sorts of mediums that we, w- we might use to get the message out. Hmm. And the timing of it, I think, because a lot of that stuff isn't working in the same way, we can maybe give ourselves a little bit of a break because word is spreading in unconventional, truly unconventional, without a lot of the programmatic and algorithmic stuff that was really amplifying and getting things to where people might be receptive to them. If that's all sort of, I don't I want to say asymmetric, but like just something we have to do in very odd and extremely grassroots ways, which we're totally up for, whatever that may be, um, which you've already listed off other ways we're trying things, but um, that is cold comfort because we really we have tried all of those things already and and shared widely and used these um, spam whitelists and in, in our own tests and like we're on top of it and sensitive also to to overall um, societal you know. Um, Changes and, and states of mind, wherever people's heads are at, but we can't we can't plan something around that, that if it's um, so bad or so variable that um, we can't even begin this. So it's right. it's. it's I, I wanted to say like let's wait 24 hours, let's kind of relax. But so I think this is good that well, we're we're actually pointing. The reason to we're it. bringing
3: this up today is because um, we've done this before, and uh, there is a pattern, and this pattern. Uh, a bunch of us found to be disturbing because having this um, uh, the, the response be this low at this point in time is unusual it was as I said about uh, double that two years ago and quadruple that uh, in the the, the uh, previous in-person conference 2018 so it's something that we need to um, uh, figure out why again you know it, it, it could be us it could be the location Uh, I'd like to address the location. I'd like to address the location because we've spent a lot of time um, researching um, uh, that particular part of Queens. We've we've been there once now uh, for a conference. Uh, We've done all kinds of um, investigation into transportation, and we have found... It's a lot easier to get to St. John's than, than we thought it was two years ago. Uh, we have very detailed instructions on every possible way you would have to, you, you would, you would be coming from, whether it's airports or, or uh, train stations or driving. Uh, we have very specific directions and, um, they're really easy and cheap too. You know, we've, we've talked about the OmniCard and how um, how that now has a cap on it that you can't spend more than a certain amount in a week. That's tremendously advantageous for people who are traveling around various parts of the city. Uh, we've we've uh, managed to get free parking on campus for conference attendees if they happen to be driving. Uh, we have all kinds of food options now that we were not aware of two years ago that we're um, uh, listing and telling people how they can get to Chinatown, which, by the way, is the world's biggest Chinatown outside of China. So that's pretty amazing. And if you're coming to Hope or just coming to Queens, you will see something that uh, you'll remember for the rest of your lives. Um, and um, housing. Uh, we just announced today um, one of the housing deals. Actually, uh, a couple of different housing deals, but but one of the ones that I noticed uh, has to do with one of the dormitories that St. John's is is, uh, is giving to us, where the rooms are so cheap. Uh, I mean, I, uh, we don't give out prices over the air, but they are cheaper than anything you'll find <laughs> anywhere in New York City, and they're 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 decent places too. And it's 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 near the conference, and it's um, uh, something that you know people from from out of town, even from uh, from New York, uh, will be very comfortable in. So we have all these. All these issues that were addressed, most of them were, were things that were brought up by people who wanted improvements, and uh, we have looked into every every one of those. Uh, who had their hand up? I think it was Rob.
4: Yeah, I mean, part of this, too, is that um, when I when I said this is in a wobbly state, I mean, like, we are learning as we go along. I mean, that's how Hope started is, uh, you know, it was it was one kind of experience, and then, like, the last Hope I went to at the Hotel Pennsylvania was not a lot, you know, was, was in many ways a lot different, uh, from the first one, I went to the Hotel Pennsylvania, and this is another stage in that. Um, we are learning what the shape of a conference is in the here and now um, versus what it was like traditionally, what it was like in the past, what it was like even two years ago. And uh, so I think, I think we and the community um, have every ability to adapt and see what hope is now. And it
6: certainly will change uh, no matter what. And I think our 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 reminder here is that it's it's up to it, it will become what people make of it. If they're if they don't want hope, then they won't have hope.
3: Well, I mean that's that's what I was trying to say before. Is that you know um, we we can't be afraid to confront the uh, the possibility that it's not you, it's us. It, it's, <laughs> it's no, it's entirely okay. possible. Look, we've said this before. If people don't support the radio station or the radio show, then it changes to something else, and that's the way it has to be. And by the way, you can support the radio station by calling 212-209-2950 or going to to give2wbai.org. Please be generous. If you don't support the magazine, then the magazine will go away. And uh, there's certainly been a lot of invitations for the magazine to go away in recent years from various uh, big companies that have made things extremely difficult. Uh, And the same thing, of course, goes for the conference. If the conference uh, becomes something that is uh, untenable um, or or just uh, not desired by very many people, then that will go away as well, to be replaced by something else, I'm sure. We have to view these things. So if if that is the message that we are being sent, then we will hear that message. We're not going to pretend um, that something is there that is not there. However, if that is not the intent well, then we need to make a bit of a stink about it and figure out where the problem is and fix the problem, because we're hackers, and that's what we do. I guess no one has anything to say to that.
4: <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't follow that.
0: Yeah, you said it all.
3: <laughs> well, we still have another 30 minutes, so i going to have to <laughs> say something more. Actually, uh, I want to read something that um, our, our good friend and, and co coordinator Genevieve said, uh, concerning hope, uh, despite our longevity, despite the challenges, despite the trials and uh, travails of the last 30 years, despite the practical issues of dollars and nonsense, hope has managed to maintain its integrity as an event that looks at the greater world through that hackerish lens and recognizes explicitly in the title of the event that it's not just about folks that like making tech do that which it ain't supposed to. And I can't think of a better way to say it
6: that's that's the the kind of words i think we're all conjuring up here and it is really i think it's unconventional it's unusual for people to snap out of the way they coordinate or the way they get involved in other activities we are different we've we've resisted certain elements we're not a trade show
3: no, no, we're not. And also, you know what? We're not professionals. Nobody gets paid for hope, by the way, in case anybody thinks anyone is getting paid for that. I mean, the only, the only people who get paid for, uh, for hope are people that provide services, work for companies, uh, you know, AV companies or lighting companies or, you know, the, the, the people you have to hire to, uh, to make an event like that happen. But the other thing we're not, uh, we're not good at PR, now um, we've been told many times, yeah, you should hire a PR firm. Yeah, that's great if you have unlimited funds and you can you can hire people like that to get the word out. But then you have to wonder who is it getting the word out to? Are they the kind of people that would understand the conference that that uh, would make the conference a better place, or are we just talking about some kind of you know uh, corporate executive uh, that will take offense at most of the things we talk about in the first place? We are not good at that. We are not good at um, at the PR aspect of it. And I think that kind of shows sometimes in the way we seem to be scrambling just to get the word out, just to have people realize what we're up to. And many of the time, we've seen all kinds of newspaper and magazine articles about various conferences, and they, they leave us out, or when they do talk about us, they get the name wrong, or they just don't mention the name at all. And it's it's almost funny, and it doesn't really matter to us that much because that's not really what we're after. But if you know, the the, the business side of me says it probably would be good if we did have that kind of exposure.
6: E. It's a certified cliche at this point. I mean, we do not get press or it's bad badly written, if at all. And that itself is because a lot of the writing, a lot of the the PR messaging that is done is done for corporate communications for products and services and that's just not the spirit of this event. We want to advance people's understanding we want to create um, a place for discourse and the the help we're asking for is participation mainly we love ideas and we really do review and discuss amongst ourselves all of the ideas there are but I find when we, when we appeal to people, that sometimes um, there's a, a tendency, a temptation to suggest maybe that we've missed something about the way we do things. And then we spend our time starting over again with someone who doesn't quite understand the way we do things. Mm-hmm. We don't want to spend time doing that. We don't want suggestions about how we're doing it wrong and someone else could do it better or different.
3: Well, unless we're doing it wrong. Well, that's I what mean, I'm saying. We like, really, you know, uh, can, that can be proven to us. It's a temptation.
6: We, we will go for ideas, but we need and want participation, like the actual involvement and um, creation of hope. And uh, I think the, our, our circle has a temptation for that, but there's also, again, the real, um, totally like against the grain nature of the, the kind of events that this is and the way that we do it. So, um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it is going to be whatever we decide to make it here and now, all of us, um, in the next couple of months. And if, if it has if, if it isn 't the time for it, then we'll all do something else that's that's, no, the, no, that's can, the way of
3: the world we can do something imagine that imagine can, in I, that I, world we didn't have to organize hope boy you know we could we could uh, read poetry, we could travel we could uh, probably build houses, all sorts of things we could do with that time. My God, you know I, the whole last month uh, <laughs> i've been dealing with with hope stuff you know uh, two thousand six hundred ends a uh, new issue is out okay, now it 's time for hope stuff. I could have done so much more with my time. I could have gone, visited people, and uh, I had an opportunity to go up into space. I turned that down. Oh, well. Uh, I'm not going to uh, uh, think about the things I could have, I could have been, but the, the, the things I will is, be.
6: It, it's very easy to walk away, to to make up stories about how this, this event or that event, or you don't think that you can contribute or that, that it's changed or that... You're, you are right about it in some way, or, or we got it wrong in some way, and it's, it's <laughs> never said, it's just, uh, total, um, sort of disintegration. Well, that, that may be, that may work at trade shows, but it does not, it does not engender the kind of, um, the kind of, uh, camaraderie and the kind of care and, um, Advancement that we're we're aiming for with this event. If we
3: charged trade show prices, then we could make do with you know a relatively small number of people. But we don't. You know, we, we try to make it accessible to everybody, and that's you know uh, many many times we've done simulcast on WBAI. Uh, we've uh, done all kinds of giveaways and things like that because we want people to be able to uh, to share in this. Many many is the time that we've played um, excerpts from previous conferences, even offered them as premiums. Uh, to BAI listeners, uh, because there is so much in there. Uh, it's Sure, it's a technological world. It's a world of hackers, but it's a world that is meant for everybody, not just those with skills of technology. So many people say, I don't understand anything that these people are doing, but they really do. They get it. If you talk to them, you take the time to talk to them and explain what hacker values are and uh, how their privacy is being abused by some company someplace and how they can fight back. These are things that you do not need technical knowledge for and that you can appreciate if it's only explained to you, if you only are part of that conversation. Now, Alex, did you have something to say? I'm I'm sorry, I think I saw your hand up before. No? Look,
1: I've always got something to say, but, uh, again, I I think – We go back to this, and I I think we've got a great community here of people who support Hope, who've been to Hope. I mean, my life has been changed uh, irrevocably for the good, I think, at many a Hope conference. I went to the first one in 1994 when I was 15 years old, and that totally changed my life. And I think that we're going to continue to change the lives of many, many young people. Uh, I think we just need to get the word out. We need to get the... The community's heads together about how we do this, but I also think it's important that, and and you did this, Emmanuel, and you promised it, and and you you held true to it, that we be honest with the community too, that we need your help, we need you to support the conference, we need you to buy those tickets. It's hard to get the word out. I mean, ordinarily, the, these tickets in the past would go like hotcakes, right? I mean, they would be gone in seconds, right?
3: Hotcakes aren't as popular as people think they are, but they, they went they, they, they went fast, yes, and they went yeah. quite a lot of them went.
1: Yeah, so I think this is an aberration. I think it's an aberration that's born out of a technical mishap and the fact that the primary means of communication that people relied upon to deal with 2600 with you and with HOPE has really become a gigantic dumpster fire, and but also, but,
3: you know, there there are also social changes. We are, you know, a divisive society now. People might not feel comfortable in crowds. There's all sorts of reasons why um, we may have changed as people, and that's something else to explore as well. And hope is a great place to explore that. And I really hope we get the opportunity.
6: What? <laughs> um, One thing, even, is along the lines that you just suggested, is that originally, I think a lot of things like the meetings and the conferences were things where hackers and people that were online that may have um, not had a lot of uh, 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 people in physical space around them that were were the shared interests that were working on the same projects and. these spaces where people got together were like minds coming together, uh, having a good time and and, um, talking about things and and learning about new stuff and and the state of the art and and then maybe even um, uh, making some new friends in the process. Is that done? Have we done enough of that? And I wonder, like that was in the back of my mind um, contemplating this before the show is, are we socialized enough? And in, and in light of uh, patholo- pandemics and um, pathological uh, individuals, whatever is, is uh, afflicting people, is that also uh, leading to sort of an inverse where there's an aversion to being around hackers or, or anybody in your sphere of, um, of interest because of recent factors or that, Virtual and other technologies, communications that are very rich are making that less desirable because you can filter all the uh, the other sort of aspects of physical interaction. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be so deep into overthinking this, but we definitely want to fix it.
3: Yeah, and um, we would like to be organizing a conference now where, where the sky is the limit and um, all sorts of things are possible, all sorts of speakers are possible. You know, we've had Steve Wozniak, uh, we've had Edward Snowden, we've had Chelsea Manning, we've had all kinds of people over the years at our conference in one form or another uh, and and uh, basically educating people, uh, you know. Um, it's, um, it, it's really um, um, something that we never take for granted. And I think, you know, something like today shows why we shouldn't take it for granted because, you know, things can change. And it's impo- it's important to um uh, to ask yourself, do you need to change it as well?
6: Yeah, and there's there's a lot. Um, I remember in planning some of this stuff, like uh, reaching out to people, coordinating different projects, growing different aspects of the event, getting technical things working. Um, I know tons of other people did that before me, and and um, and more so when I was involved. I just played a very small part and every little per- every little part along the way is someone's contribution and and um it it is it is amazing the problem solving and the things we've worked around as you said as non professionals and most of that is is um, people rising to the uh, challenge and wanting to make it all better. And we're really, um, we're really hoping that that spirit is still out there somewhere.
3: Yes, definitely. Um, You know, in that spirit of, uh, actually, first of all, I wanted to tell Alex uh, to check out on the Hope.net webpage, the About section, because you were talking about the first conference in 1994, and we have a summary of every conference starting in 1994 and what each one was known for, and that's. That was was just a lot of fun to put together and to go through and and have some memories of uh, previous conferences because, you know, we've done this 14 times in the past, and each one is different. Each one has a completely different name and a different theme, and um, we just never seem to run out of ideas. Uh, But um, as far as uh, uh, being able to um, uh, be open to critique and ideas and things like that, I wanted to reach out, I wanted to actually, uh, I just did this now, um, uh, we've been criticizing Google a lot, so I reached out to, uh, to Google Bard. Oh, Bard the Hacker. Our friend Bard, uh, yeah, the, the artificial intelligence uh, being, I, I just asked if, um, if uh, they could uh, um, tell me if, if the Hulk conference is a conference that I should consider going to, let's, let's listen.
7: Deciding whether hope is the right hacker conference for you depends on your priorities and interests. Here's a breakdown of some pros and cons to help you compare reasons to attend hope unique focus hope emphasizes hacker ethics activism and social responsibility more than many other conferences. It's not just about technical skills but also about using those skills to make a positive impact on the world broader range of topics while cybersecurity is a cornerstone. Hope delves into diverse areas like hardware hacking, cryptography, digital rights, privacy, and even art and music created by hackers. You'll encounter thought-provoking ideas beyond the typical conference fair. Inclusive and welcoming, Hope prides itself on a friendly and supportive atmosphere, fostering connections between beginners and seasoned professionals, activists and academics, security experts and ethical hackers. It's a great place to learn from and network with a diverse community. Hands-on learning. Aside from talks and workshops, HOPE offers interactive activities, contests, and hacking challenges, letting you put theory into practice and test your skills in a fun and collaborative environment. Affordable and accessible. Compared to some high-priced conferences, HOPE aims to be financially accessible, offering scholarships and discounts to ensure participation from a wider range of individuals. Things to consider. Frequency. Hope is held biennially, every two years, whereas some other conferences occur annually. If you need more frequent technical training or updates, another conference might be a better fit. Technical emphasis. While Hope covers technical topics, its focus is broader than strictly cybersecurity. If you're looking for deep dives into specific technical areas, another conference might have more targeted sessions. Location. Hope typically takes place in New York City. If travel or time zone differences are concerns, a closer or virtual conference might be preferable. Ultimately, the decision is yours. If you're looking for a hacker conference that goes beyond the technical, values ethics and activism, and prioritizes inclusion and accessibility, then HOPE is definitely worth considering. Feel free to ask if you have any specific questions about HOPE or another conference
3: you're considering, and I'll try my best to help you make an informed decision. Okay, that's enough Bart. though uh, you you've served a good purpose here yeah i am I'm, I'm surprised Bard got most of that right. And in fact, maybe Bard got all of that right. There are you know pros and cons, reasons not to attend as well. If you don't like to travel and you don't live in New York City, then yeah, traveling might be a disadvantage. that makes sense. Um, but um, for the most part, I, I, you know I, I think that those are those are givens that yeah, that is what hope is known for, and that's what um, hopefully uh, we can continue doing into the future. But, uh, again, you know, we we need attendees to do that, and uh, today was uh, a bit disappointing as far as uh, the number that actually um, started to register. Maybe it's just a a timing issue. We'll see. Um, More information at Hope.net, and um, we can talk about it more on Overtime coming up at 8 o'clock on YouTube. Um, Alex, how are you? Uh, You broke your foot last week. Did you lose your voice, too? Okay, Alex, is, is oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, this is my fault, I turned oh. you off. While, while, while Barb was playing, I turned you off. Try oh, to, that makes Yeah, sorry, I my, I my fault this time.
1: That's all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a healing all right over here, you know, thanks for asking. I, uh, <coughs> I met with my surgeon this morning, and uh, I guess it was... It was a couple of weeks ago. I, I actually, I think um, I think the last time we were on was the night before I had my second surgery. Was right? this
3: the surgeon that you were going to bring to the Hope Conference because he was yeah. uh, talking about ransomware?
1: Uh, yeah, he's in Florida. The hospital at which I was uh, first admitted was uh, a ransomware victim last year, and we were, we were talking quite a bit about that. And then uh, so the next day after the last off the hook, that was when I had my second surgery. It went very well. I had a checkup with my surgeon today, but I, I will tell you that was intensely, intensely painful what they had to do to, to, do to me. I have about 10 screws in my leg, a couple of plates, and um, they took the cast off today, but I had uh, I'm now on this air cast thing, and I can't walk for probably another six to eight weeks. But I'll get there. Every day's getting easier, every day's getting better. The body's pretty amazing thing in the way it's actually healing around these screws and metal plates that are going to become part of me now. So I will be uh, part cyborg, and I plan on walking around, hopefully without a cane, at uh, a HOPE conference and all throughout Queens this summer.
3: All right. Well, that, that does, uh, does sound like something to look forward to, and um, I, I, I certainly hope that uh, you get to do that, that. We all get to do that. Um, speaking of um, ransomware, As if, you know, it's not enough to get hit with ransomware. Uh, They say now ransomware victims are being targeted by scammers because they haven't already been targeted. They're being targeted by scammers looking to trick them out of even more of their hard earned money. Uh, A report from Arctic Wolf observed at least two such incidents where a person claiming to be an ethical hacker uh, always be suspicious of that term, by the way, uh, re- reached out to ransomware victims and offered to break into the ransomware operator's infrastructure and permanently delete the stolen uh, databases. Uh, in one such instance, uh, the um, they call them hacker in, in, in this story, but uh, let's not call them that. Uh, the, um, the scammer asked for roughly $190,000 in cryptocurrency, which is up to five Bitcoin, Uh, And even though the victims were approached by people with different aliases, the researchers believe it's actually the same individual in both attempts. Uh, In one case, the company fell prey to Royal Ransomware. Really? That's a name? While in the other, um, uh, it was known as Akira. In the first instance, the fraudster presented themselves as ethical side group and offered to return the data from the Tommy Leaks gang, Instead of the actual hackers, uh, which was uh, royal ransomware, you know this is getting all too crazy and and, and convoluted here. But um, there's a lot of scamming going on. I think that's that's the theme here. Alex, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and, th- and this is really a variation on a theme that the these groups are have been picking up from, I, I believe, pig butchering scams. Right, and pig butchering, of, of course, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past. Is, is kind of a a combination of, of romance scams and investment scams whereby somebody befriends you. You might get that text message that goes into your phone that just says hi or, hey, I have to cancel our yoga session or something, and it's a wrong number. Then you strike a conversation with them. They befriend you two months later. They tell you they have this lavish lifestyle because of some kind of great cryptocurrency trading advisor. Next thing you know, you're you're investing money into this, and it's called pig butchering because they take your money, they fatten you up, they fatten you up, and then all of a sudden they're they're gone, the the money is gone. But when that has happened, historically, a lot of these victims have then been re-victimized by the impersonation of blockchain investigation companies, impersonation of of companies like CypherBlade or um, Chainalysis, coming out and saying, hey, we know that you were scammed. We saw that you sent money to this particular address. We actually, and, and they make up some totally, it technically it makes no sense at all, but they'll say something stupid like, we have a smart contract in place. We just need to pay the gas fees, and we can actually break into that wallet and return your currency. We're going to be sending it through this route. Give us your destination wallet. The gas fees are $20,000, unfortunately, because this takes a lot of power. Of course,
3: levels. yeah, that makes sense.
1: But if you've lost 800000 or if you've lost a million and this person knows all these details about how the scam was worked out and you've looked up the company and it looks legit, you don't realize that it's some kind of permutation on their domain name or it's a different top-level domain, like it's .link or .store or something like that instead of .com or .net, you might spend that extra $20,000, and they bleed you out. And so this is what these the ransomware games are, 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 I think, taking a page
3: from. Wow. Yeah, it makes it seem all so dark and uh, and, and and dismal, and it's um, not what the hacker world is about for sure. Uh, go ahead, Rob. Final word on this.
4: Yeah, um, scammers have always targeted the most vulnerable people they could find, and uh, of course, the, a lot of the most vulnerable people are people who have just been scammed. Um, it's a terrible fact, and uh, it's just the way things are, um, the way things have been, and the way things will continue to be. So, yeah, if you've been scammed, be extra vigilant.
3: Yeah, always good advice. Uh, hey, we're out of time, unfortunately. Boy, that went fast. But we're going to continue talking over on YouTube. Uh, you can get the link on the 2600.com webpage or just go to channel 2600 over on YouTube for overtime. Write to us, OTH at 2600.com, and uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully in a better mood. We'll see. And if you want more info on the Hope Conference, go to hope.net and uh, read all about the, uh, the borough of Queens, for one thing. That's uh, one, one of the uh, points of research that we've been uh, devoting ourselves to over the past couple of weeks. And um, we will uh, have uh, all kinds of other details for you in the weeks ahead. Stay tuned, WBAR New York. See you next week. Good
0: night.
2: local station board is holding its next regular meeting through zoom on wednesday january 10th at 7 p.m there will be an opportunity for public comment as well as a delegates assembly to nominate lsb members to represent wbai on the pacifica foundation's national board Again, the LSB meeting is Wednesday, January 10th at 7 p.m. To join the meeting, please call 929-205-6099 and enter this meeting ID, 922-457-2995. The password is 995 995 99 Or use the link on our website, wbai.org. Click the red square on the left and scroll to WBAI local station board to enter the meeting. Do you have to contribute to WBAI to access the meeting? No, but it would be great if you would.